0: and don't forget, you can always catch up on Mike's teaching on our website at ccmit.org. We're currently airing a series on the Holy Spirit titled, The Missing Person. So grab your Bible, turn up the volume, and follow along with us. Here's Pastor Mike.
1: Tonight we're in 1 Corinthians chapter 14. You know, we're talking about the missing person. A biblical search for the third person of the Trinity. We've talked about the gifts of the Spirit, and in the gifts of the Spirit in the church today, we have really two camps when we talk about the extremes. One side is the cessationists. And the cessationists say that the gifts of the Spirit are not for today, at least not the sign gifts, and that is prophecy and tongues and word of knowledge and word of wisdom and interpretation of tongues and those types of things. And then you have what you call the continuous, and the continuous are those who believe that even today the gifts of the Spirit should be active within the church, and and so that would say that the gifts of the Holy Spirit are up until the coming of Jesus Christ, like Peter preached in Acts chapter 2. And so we fall, at least I fall, I guess I can't speak for everybody, but Calvary Chapel falls on the continuous side of things, but not to the area or the, to the extreme of abuse. At least, let's hope not. And we don't want to end up with neglecting of the gifts, but we also don't want to end up with abuse of the gifts. Now, I will confess freely that if anything, within Calvary Chapel, we are not in nearly as much danger of abusing the gifts as we are maybe of neglecting the gifts. Did you hear what I just said? So even though we believe, even though we would fall in the camp of continuous, maybe most of our experience is more of that of the cessationist. And and so that's not necessarily a good thing. That we don't experience the gifts of the Spirit in our lives on a daily basis. Because we should. We should experience those things. We should hear from the Lord. We should have a word from the Lord for another person. Or uh, an encouragement. Or uh, a gift of hospitality. Or a gift of giving. Or a gift of prophecy for somebody else. You know, and, and that's just what the Lord does within His church. And so, as we saw in chapter 12, earnestly desire The best gifts. What are the best gifts? The gifts that would best serve you to be able to serve others. And so if if you don't find yourself operating within the gifts of the Spirit in your life, if the Lord isn't using you in, in other Christians' lives, then that's something that you want to stir up within yourself. And how do you do that? Well, you just ask the Lord to show you what your gifts are. Maybe you need to ask for a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Maybe you need to ask for an initial filling of the Holy Spirit. And he says, there. remember we read in Luke, he says, if you ask, he's in Luke 11, he says, if you ask for the Holy Spirit, so much will the Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask of him, right? And so we should be people who believe in what the Bible says about the gifts of the Holy Spirit, actually experiencing those things in our lives on a daily, weekly, monthly basis, you know, not that, not to the point of extreme, like, you know, the, some of the um, extreme Pentecostals and things like that, where it just becomes a show or put on, but a legitimate relationship with Jesus that produces, first of all, fruit, which we talked about last time, the fruit of the Spirit, which is what? Excuse me? Okay, the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, and then the gifts of the Spirit, which is All the things that we listed in chapter 12 and things we're going to be talking about today in chapter 14. So as we look at this and the gifts of the Spirit, the proper use of the gifts of the Spirit within the church gathering, we may have to make some adjustments in in the way that we think. You know, most of us probably need to use the gifts more. Some of us maybe, or maybe somebody listening on Facebook out there, hey, need to calm it down, right? Just (laughs) calm it down. Right. Anyway, so we're gonna look at the parameters that Paul and, and I can't emphasize this enough, and he's gonna say this and we're gonna emphasize it when he says it. I can't emphasize this enough that Paul, by the Spirit of God, wrote for the church in Corinth. And it's almost like nobody ever read this page who belonged to any Pentecostal church that I've ever experienced anyway. So first Corinthians chapter fourteen, verse one, Paul starts out with pursue love and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Hmm. I went to get my teeth cleaned the other day. You know, I'm a talker. I like to talk. I like to share stories. I like to talk to people. But when you're in the dentist office, you're kind of hot. All right? And so they talk. And it was, it was interesting because the dental hygienist was kind of talking to me about my teeth, and she showed me how to brush my teeth. I'd never even seen anything like that in my life. I was like eye-opening. I mean, nobody's ever shown me to brush my teeth like that. I'm I'm a changed man. But (laughs) anyway, she's telling me about this experience that she had at a chiropractor's office. She said she was at a chiropractor's office. And the chiropractor, she said in her words, started to lecture her. And he said, do you take vitamins? And she said, no. And he's like, well. And he just started to lecture her about vitamins. And she says, excuse me, do you brush your teeth? He says, yes. And she said, what type, of, what type of toothbrush do you use? He's like, I don't know. I mean, just whatever. You mean you don't scrutinize and find the best toothbrush, then the one that's going to really give you good hygiene? Because your hygiene is linked to all of your health. And, and she just started lecturing him. And he's like, oh, I see your point. You know? She's like, I don't know what vitamins to take. If somebody could guide me, then maybe I would dig the right vitamins. And, 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 or if somebody could tell me which toothbrush I'm supposed to be using, which obviously I was using the wrong one. She let me know that. But, you know, it's funny, because I think she told me this, because I told her I was a pastor, and she didn't want to be lectured about Jesus. (laughs) So she says, you start talking about Jesus, I'm going to start talking about your dental hygiene, (laughs) which she did anyway. But, But that's the problem, isn't it? You know, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I don't want you to be ignorant, Paul would tell us in chapter 12, and now he starts to give us some practical things that we need to understand when it comes to the gift of the Holy Spirit. How do you use them? That's the problem. I didn't know how to use my toothbrush. She didn't know how to use vitamins. And everybody has something in their life they don't know how to use, and maybe we don't know how to use the spiritual gifts. And so Paul, so graciously and so lovingly, when he talks about this to the Corinthians, he says, here's kind of the layout Again, don't be ignorant of spiritual gifts, brethren. But then he says, the first thing, the the supreme thing, which he covered in chapter 13, is to pursue love. So the first rule in using spiritual gifts, the first item, agenda, is first to pursue love. Until we've pursued love, we have no need for the gifts. Until you've pursued love, until it's love that motivates your actions and the things that you're doing, there's really no need for spiritual gifts in your life because they just get abused if you're not pursuing love first. So pursue love first And, and desire spiritual gifts. You should want those in your life. You know, I mean, who, in your, who would want to go through life without the power, without the vitality, without the health of the Holy Spirit running through their Christian life? And so that's what he's telling us. Pursue love, first and foremost, and then desire spiritual gifts, especially that you might prophesy. Now, it would seem, as we go through this chapter, that Paul kind of uses prophecy as a generic, kind of, as he talks about words of knowledge, words of wisdom, and prophecy, whether predictive or didactic, meaning telling the future, what God has in store for you in the future, or teaching, instructing you, exhortation type of prophecy. So when he uses this, he uses it kind of as a a blanket when it comes to prophecy. And then he contrasts that with what would seem to be the Corinthians' favorite gifts and probably most charismatic or Pentecostals church favorite gift, which is the gift of what? Tongues, tongues yeah. Everybody's got to speak in tongues. Everybody has to speak in tongues, which, you know, really, he kind of diminishes that a little bit, but not to the point of making it unnecessary. So in verse 2 he says, For he who speaks in tongues, contrasting it with prophecy, does not speak to men, but to God, For no one understands him, however, in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. So a person speaking in a tongue is not giving a message to men, but he's praying and glorifying God. Now this is so important that we understand this, because you can be in a a meeting, and if somebody speaks in tongues, the Spirit's moving within that meeting, maybe somebody comes out with a, you know, the Lord showed me, or thus saith the Lord, or something like that. And, and that would maybe very well be a prophecy, but we know because of what Paul tells us here that that is not the interpretation of the tongue. And so when somebody speaks out a message to men, what did it just say there? He who speaks in tongues does not speak to men, but to who?
0: To God. And so tongues is actually a prayer.